I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. <laughs> but I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. <laughs> Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Hello, and welcome to a special edition of the Reed's Ranch Podcast Network. Normally you hear John on here, normally you hear Seth on here, you definitely hear Will Warren on here who is hosting. But today it's a special edition a bracketology podcast about brackets, about the NCAA tournament, about Tennessee's potential, with my fiance Carly McGuire. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, pinch hitting today uh, as a co-host. I didn't want to do this alone because it wouldn't be very exciting. I don't have a very exciting voice, but a lot of people bear with it. So thank you for filling in and really excited to talk about the NCAA tournament with you. Thank you. I hope I can sound as smart as everyone else about brackets and basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, first off, we got a lot of questions about um, brackets, about Kentucky's, the Kentucky game yesterday, uh, about some developments. You got one specific question. What was your, uh, someone asked, what was your poop stat of the day, which is, we use that to describe uh, stats that are objectively true, but no one would want to hear, which for Kentucky fans would maybe be, you know, the walking bucket Tyler Hero getting six points and 11 shots and five turnovers. Mm-hmm. So for you, we can change this to what was the funniest thing Kentucky did yesterday? <laughs> um, or just I the think funniest part the of the part game. where, I don't know who it was, but one of the players smacked the floor. Um, and then I think that was when... Jordan Bone had a really good shot. So it was kind of funny that he did that, and then we scored. I think um, Kentucky made themselves look dumb yesterday. (laughs) So (laughs) they had it coming. So does that count? (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. My favorite was it was late in the game, but Hero broke away for the basket and just fumbled the ball into the 10th row. Yeah. That or the PJ Washington pass into the upper deck was pretty good. Yeah, they they were messing up a lot yesterday. But that's a big win. That kind of gets you back where you can start considering a one seed for Tennessee again. Because mm-hmm. tomorrow in the polls, I'm pretty sure they'll end up being number five. So uh, they're either a one or a two in every bracket. It's pretty much evenly split down the middle for most people. They're right on the cut line. There's three teams that are pretty well decided at this point, barring a catastrophic loss for the one line. Virginia, Duke, and Gonzaga. Obviously, only one of Virginia or Duke can win the ACC, but both likely have good enough resumes and good enough output to drag them across, even with a loss before the ACC title game. Gonzaga is reliant on winning their conference, but... I don't think they played a single conference, regular season conference game within double digits. 
So I mm. feel like they're probably going to be fine. Mm-hmm. So then it comes down to, it could be, had Michigan State not lost to Indiana yesterday, they were in a good spot. But now it's probably the SEC winner between Tennessee and Kentucky, barring one of them having a catastrophic loss. There is a chance that the fourth one seed could be North Carolina, but it seems unlikely that they would want to give three teams from the same conference a one seed. Right. Uh, I, I just couldn't see it. But I would say right now I feel pretty good about Tennessee having a 50-50 shot at a one seed. I don't think there's more than about a 5% chance of a three seed because that would require something truly bad happening the rest of the way. You would have to – I think the, the only – chance it would have of happening is Tennessee would have to lose their first game in the SEC tournament, plus probably lose the remaining two SEC regular season games. But there's a very mm-hmm. small chance of that. Right. Almost non-existent. So. Yeah. I think we're back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> um, but we got some questions. And uh, first off, do you have any questions about the NCAA tournament? I do not yet, but after hearing some, I might come up with something but I'm gonna leave the questions up to the experts here first (laughs) (laughs) awesome well here's the first question and I want you to read it okay um the first question is are there any mid-majors that you think would be a tough matchup yes now normally when people think of mid-majors they think of Loyola Chicago from last year Mm -hmm. Um, who is an 11 seed, you know, beat Tennessee in the second round, did their whole thing with, uh, you know, old sister Jean. Uh, But to have to play them, to have to play like a true scary mid-major like that, you've normally got to play them in the first round as like an 11 through 13 seed. Because Tennessee is not going to be a 3 through 5 seed, and they're going to be 1 through 2, the earliest they could play any mid-major that's, you know, really worth getting scared over is the second round. Okay. And so... Uh, you're looking more at the 7 to 10 seed range there. And there are some scary teams that I'm not terribly looking forward to drawing in that instance. Almost all of them would be 7 seeds. Uh, I don't really like the idea of playing Buffalo. Buffalo um, uh, already beat Syracuse this year. Not that Syracuse is elite or anything, but they're going to make the NCAA tournament. They've pretty much waltzed through their conference, have consistently played at a high level all year long. They beat the same West Virginia team Tennessee beat early on. They're pretty good. Um, and then Wofford from the, the Southern Conference. And a lot of people are going to be confused as to, A, why they're a 7 through 10 seed, and B, why should, why should we be scared of them when they lost to Kansas pretty easily early on? They're a really scary team. The conference they're in, the Southern Conference, this is the best that conference has been since Steph Curry was playing in it 10 years ago. Hmm. Uh, there are really like four teams in that conference that I'd – you know, if they won the conference tournament to get in or if they got in as an at-large, I wouldn't be stunned. I'm pretty sure they're going to end up with multiple bids for the first time. It's got to be 15-something years. So wow. they're really good. And Wofford went undefeated in that conference. The, they just beat a really good Furman team, the same one that uh, whooped Villanova earlier in the year. Mm. Uh, they went down to Furman and uh, beat that Furman team by eight. Okay. And then Nevada, who everybody knows about. Nevada had the two comebacks last year to make it to the Sweet 16 before falling to Loyola. They actually lost to Utah State last night. Now, Utah State's a good team. They will probably just scrape into the field. But I, I wouldn't be I would be a little surprised if Nevada was in the 7 through 10 range. I think they'd probably need to lose one more game 
default to that. But if they're there, I'm not crazy about having them. I would much prefer to get Nevada in about the 4 through 6 range. That way they can get upset in the first round by someone close to their level. Okay. Um, for the lower end of that, the you know, 9, 10, uh, we'll even say 11s, um, I'm not terribly scared of anyone. I think Tennessee would handle pretty much everyone below the 7 line. Um, it's just that this team's floor is so high mm-hmm. that you're pretty they're pretty reliable night in, night out. You're not terribly worried about what could happen. That said, I do think UCF could provide a little bit of a worry at the 10 spot if Tennessee gets a 2. Um, simply put, Tennessee has not played against a 7-foot-7 center this year, which would give me a little bit of worry for about 10 minutes. Yeah. And then, obviously, Utah State just beat Nevada. They're a really good team. They seem to be peaking at the right time. And I don't know. It, it's not every year, but it seems like uh, on occasion there's one of those Western teams that is able to – you know, come in, kind of fly under the radar most of the season. Last year it was Nevada mm-hmm. and really put a scare into some teams in the first couple rounds. Okay. All right. Very interesting. Thank <laughs> you for that. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously with high majors, it's a little different. High majors being like teams in Big 12, SEC, ACC mm-hmm. conferences. Uh, there my immediate thought is I don't really want to play Texas in the first couple rounds, I know they have 13 losses, but they have been extremely unlucky in close games. Mm-hmm. And I think usually that doesn't sustain itself for the NCAA tournament. So I think they're a little bit better than their record is showing. Um, past that, were Tennessee to draw, say, like a Clemson early on, um, there is still the potential they could draw Louisville again in the second round as a seven seed. And, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't be crazy about that. Now, everyone else I'm pretty fine with. I'm even okay with playing Syracuse early on, even though the zone has given Tennessee troubles in years past. Okay. All right. So we'll go to our second question. This question is from Collins 2091 Thank you for this question. It says, if we win the SEC regular season, but not the SEC tournament, would we be a one seed? Awesome question, and one we've gotten a lot recently. Um, Personally, I think so, um, but it depends on how far Tennessee goes in the SEC tournament. Mm -hmm. Uh, To win the SEC regular season, it depends on what you're talking about. If if you just want the tie, you can get to 15-3 and and technically win the SEC regular season. But also in that scenario, I believe Tennessee would end up being the three seed. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how much or how thrilled the NCAA would be to place a three seed in their own conference that doesn't win their own conference tournament as a one seed. It's not Tennessee's fault necessarily that LSU or Kentucky would also be 15 and three, but it would not, they, there would be other one seeds they could just slide in instead, such as Michigan state, such as Kentucky, of course, Mm -hmm. and, you know, even North Carolina. Now, uh, I don't think, um, I think if you finish 15-3, and three, you have to win the SEC tournament to get the one. Now, if Tennessee wins out, they beat Mississippi State, beat Auburn, that means they're 16-2. and two. At very worst, they're the two seed in their own conference tournament, and that's with a pretty controversial road loss to LSU mm-hmm. where you didn't get the home rematch. Right. Um, and that's even saying LSU doesn't lose to Florida this week, which they will not be a favorite in that game. 
I think Florida wins that game straight up. And if so, Tennessee will be playing to win the SEC at noon Eastern on Saturday against Auburn. Um, in that scenario where Tennessee's 28-3, and 16-2 in conference, I think they need to get to at least the SEC semifinals, which means you win Friday, you lose to whoever Saturday, to be on the good side of the one seeds. That wouldn't lock them up. I think it would make it about a 55-45 or 60-40 proposition. You wouldn't feel terribly safe, and you would be kind of relying on teams like North Carolina to lose. Mm -hmm. But I think you would be in okay shape. At very worst, you'd be the top two seed. Um, I think if Tennessee gets to 30 wins, period, doesn't matter how they get there, they will be a one seed. That would lock them in. It would be really hard to deny a power conference team that got to 30 wins a one seed. Right. I don't think, I can't recall a scenario in which it's happened in the last 15 years. Um, so in this, in this scenario, you go 20 and 3, 16 and 2, getting to 30 means you make the SEC tournament final. Even if you lose to Kentucky, this pretty much locks you in as a one seed. Mm -hmm. It would be very, very hard to say Tennessee wouldn't deserve it in this case. Um, because Tennessee would have the better best win over Gonzaga, who is likely to be a one seed. Mm -hmm. They would have uh, the home win against Kentucky. And even in the scenario that I mentioned where the losses to Kentucky, and Kentucky's beaten them two out of three, I mean, we don't know that it would really matter much. The the uh, NCAA has not traditionally placed a ton of importance on head-to-head matchups. So I would feel pretty good about Tennessee's odds. Okay. Great. But obviously they're not going to lose in the SEC tournament. Right. They're not, <laughs> not going to lose again. <laughs> right. This, this is this is true. That's uh, however many wins in a row that is. Right. Um, so here's the next question. All right. Next question. One bracket had Tennessee as a two seed playing Loyola Chicago. Would that be a good thing for the revenge tour or just bad for Tennessee? And this question is from Brandon Ashby. Thank you, Brandon. I have no interest in ever playing Loyola Chicago <laughs> <Me> again. Me neither. <laughs> um, it's, so, obviously some of you guys know this, and gals too. Um, my dad went to the University of Michigan. I grew up liking Michigan football as well. When Michigan lost to Appalachian State and then they turned around and played them seven years later... It was just as awful as sitting through the first game all over again. Because all you can think about is the reminders of the first time out. Right. Tennessee could beat Loyola Chicago by 50 in a 2 versus 15 game, and all you'd be thinking about is, well, they ruined the season last year. Yeah. <laughs> it was heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, I, I just genuinely do not see the upside mm -hmm. of such a game. Now, would it be nice to get an easy 15 seed win and move on? Yeah, I guess so, as long as you get out of there without injuries. But, uh, I mean, there's like 150 other schools they could play at the 15 seed line. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, how about from the same conference, give me Drake. That's that is a real school, by the way. Okay. Uh, yeah, we don't. This is an anti-Drake show. I know. And that's why I was surprised that you mentioned him. <laughs> but it's a school. Yeah. Got it. No, they're they're a real school. They could they are basically co-favorites in that conference. So okay, yeah, give me Drake over Loyola Chicago. Okay. All right, cool. Um, next question. Do we have to win out all the way through to get a one seed? And this is from Seth Hughes. Shout out to Seth. Yes. Hi, Seth. 
Um, you know, as I mentioned uh, under the second question, I really don't think so. There is going to be a little bit of a narrative this way. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but the guy who does ESPN's brackets, Joe Lunardi, mm-hmm. uh, said Tennessee would not be a one seed even if they beat Kentucky yesterday. He kept Kentucky as the final one seed, and I think Tennessee, I think he even kept Tennessee in the same spot. Like, he didn't move them up in the two-line. Interesting. Uh, I don't like it. I don't either. <laughs> uh, but I I don't think that's, I really don't think it's necessary to have to win out. Uh, and, you know, so much of this is dependent on what other schools do. We don't really know when Zion Williamson is going to come back for Duke. Mm-hmm. So if they lose a couple more, their status as a one seed is in serious jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Though I do find it funny that we seemingly don't count the Duke losses when he's out. Yeah. It's like, like Tennessee got shredded way harder for their two road losses to top 25 teams than Duke got shredded for losing at home to Syracuse yeah, or getting just des- getting destroyed by North Carolina. Like, I'm sorry, even with Zion, they don't win that game. Yeah. What, it's just, it's dumb. I don't like the narrative. I, I think Tennessee will be fine even if they don't win out. But again, that requires you to either go 2-0 and the rest of the way and at least make the semifinals in the SEC tournament. Or if you go 27-4, and four, meaning you lose to Auburn, or say Mississippi State, we'll just leave that as an option, Tennessee probably does need to win the SEC tournament to feel safe. Okay. They can get to the SEC, the SEC tournament and lose in the final and be 29-5, and five, and you can still make it over the finish line, but like I said, you're really reliant on, I'll, I'll lay it out like this, you're reliant on Michigan or Michigan State not winning the Big Ten, you can't have North Carolina win the ACC, and you can't have Kentucky win the SEC. Mm-hmm. Or in this, you need Gonzaga to lose in their conference tournament, and Gonzaga is outscoring their conference opponents by more than any team in 28 years. <laughs> so good luck. Yeah. Um, basically, Tennessee. If Tennessee can win the next two, you can start seriously thinking about the one seed and you know envisioning it and. At that point, we can discuss, you know, what's a, good, a great draw versus a bad draw for, you know, Tennessee's two or three or four seed. Do you think we will win out? Uh, I think it's 50-50. Okay. People are really underselling Auburn, and I don't quite get it. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is Auburn did just get destroyed by Kentucky. But we've also seen Auburn play Duke down to the finish line. Mm-hmm. Um, they've beaten some good teams this year. They just beat Mississippi State at home yesterday in Mississippi State. I think is going to be a six or a seven seed. Um, they're not bad. I, I think people are underestimating, um, kind of underestimating how tough that game is going to be. Yeah. We've talked about it before too. So, yeah. okay. All right. Next question. Is our strength of schedule going to keep us as a two seed? And this is from Jay, the dark one. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's my buddy on Twitter. Okay. Um, shout out to him. I, I don't think so, uh, and I don't really get the, because I don't get the strength of schedule argument in the first place, because when they did the mock selection show a few weeks back, um, pretty much everyone would have had Tennessee below Virginia in that run, and yet Tennessee ended up being the number two overall seed in that bracket, right behind Duke, Okay. because Tennessee played a tougher non-conference schedule. That's why I just don't see the strength of schedule argument as much, even though it's not necessarily Tennessee's fault that they played a poor first half of the SEC schedule. Like I don't, that you couldn't predict Florida being underwhelming or Alabama or, you know, West Virginia literally like West Virginia opened the season number 14 in the AP poll. 
you couldn't have projected that they would be the worst team in their own conference. Mm -hmm. That's just how it unfolds. Right. So I don't think Tennessee will be penalized for that. Uh, you know, the threesome of games they played in non-conference play between Louisville, Kansas, and Gonzaga is really up there with just about any other team in America. All th like Kansas, at worst, is going to be a four seed. We know we've talked about Gonzaga. Louisville will be a five through seven. Those are three really good teams to be playing in your non-conference schedule. So, you know, and Memphis has actually been a little better than expected. Uh, they're not going to be in the NCAA tournament, but they'll be in the NIT. That was a decent road game to have gone and played. Right. So I, I don't think the strength of schedule will be the issue. I think it is just straight up Tennessee needs to win games. And, you know, as we've mentioned, it is a shame that Tennessee is having the season in the midst of two ACC teams being so dominant mm -hmm. and Gonzaga having their second best season in school history, basically. Um, you couldn't, you have no control over that. Right. It just is what it is. So I, I think Tennessee is in good shape. They just need to keep winning. Um, I think they will be favored in both of the next two games, which is good. Mm -hmm. And Tennessee's only lost one game. Well, no, they weren't even favored uh, against LSU. That got bet down to a pick -em, And then I think LSU was a tiny favorite at tip off. Okay. So, uh, you can either say Tennessee hasn't lost as a favorite or they've only lost once. But either way, they've controlled most games in which they were a favorite. You know, yesterday they were three-point favorites. And obviously it wasn't that close after about the, what, the seven-ish minute mark of the first half. Yeah, it was pretty locked in. Mm -hmm. So, okay. That's all our prepared questions. You got a personal question I here on Twitter. I did get one from Hunter. <laughs> okay, the question is, what is Carly's best teacher story of the year so far? Let's hear it. I, <laughs> I, I don't know this one. Well, you've heard, you hear all of my stories, but I, <laughs> I can think of one right away that's pretty memorable. So um, I teach preschool-aged children, so they're from three to five years old, and they some of them have special needs. So some of them are not potty trained yet. Therefore, they wear diapers. Um, and one day, one of my kids who wears diapers um, went to the bathroom in his diaper, number two. And <laughs> <laughs> we checked his diaper and we like knew for sure that he had gone. Like with this kid, there's no missing it. <laughs> um, if you are within a few feet of him, you know. Um, which is fine. Uh, so we know we knew he had gone, um, and he he was sitting at the lunch table in a chair. Um, and we went to change him, and actually one of my TAs went to change him, and she came back and she was like, "There's nothing in his diaper," and we were like, <laughs> um, "There has to be." Like. It was not just, this is really gross, I'm sorry, but this is my life every day. It was not just gas, like it was for sure something. So we check under the table, <laughs> and lo and behold, there's a turd, or a couple of them, just sitting there under the table, and we think that maybe he had moved or something, or shifted in his chair, and it had just kind of rolled down his leg <laughs> um, onto the ground. <laughs> um and this is not like a weird occurrence, actually, to find this kind of stuff around our classroom. Um, but it was really funny, just the fact that we knew the way it, it had gotten under the table. Um, and I was just very thankful that we found it and one of my other kids didn't. 
Yeah. Because it's been it, a lot worse. Yeah, I would have definitely been mistaken for like Play-Doh or something. The, the next episode happens. of this, if we do one, I want you to tell the story about the kid who just pooped on the hill one day. Oh, that is a good one. We'll save that for the next <laughs> Yes, one. You'll next be the time. co-host next time too, because I think this is going pretty well. Okay. Um, Great. So, Thank you for that question, Hunter. <laughs> yeah. We don't have any more prepared questions. I will say that for me personally, I'm going to try and have out an updated March version, as you hear the dogs bark in the background, of uh, the post I did in early February for both Fox Sports Knoxville and for Reed's Ranch about uh, the ideal slash the perfect bracket draw for Tennessee. Um, we've talked about it in the past. You know, I had mentioned many times I really want Kansas in there. Uh, not only for revenge purposes, but because they simply have not been the same team since Azubuki went out for the season. Mm -hmm. uh, I really like the idea of drawing Marquette. They've been really underwhelming in the advanced analytics stuff all year. Uh, they've been consistently like the mid to late 20s, which is not where you want to be as a three seed. Uh, generally, if you're like a three or a four seed, you at least want to be in the top 15 of those. Mm -hmm. Teams that are below that very rarely have ever make it past the first weekend. So I would love to have them as the three or four see them blow it to a 13 or 14 in the first round, and then the bottom half of your bracket opens up a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and in this post, I'll also highlight some teams that I actually want Tennessee to draw in there from a good standpoint of teams that could beat your higher seeds early on, you know, remove them from the equation a little bit. Um, I really, really like the idea of Tennessee getting uh, say, say if they're a one seed, I really like the idea of Tennessee getting the Buffalo or a Texas, uh, one of those teams, uh, to face their two in the second round. Because it's very rare that a 15 seed beats a two. And obviously last year, that was the first time a 16 seed beat a one. Mm -hmm. And it's a rare occurrence. It's probably supposed to happen more statistically frequently, but the 16 seeds are usually just so bad. So you can't really get much out of those, and you can't get too much out of your 15s this year because none of them are going to be very good. But through those 11 through 14 lines, I really like um, the potential of a team drawing Clemson. Mm -hmm. uh, Clemson has been really undervalued by the media all year. They've done really well in Ken Palm. I think they're 31st right now, mm -hmm. which that would mean they're playing it more like an 8 seed instead of an 11. Uh, I really want to see Lipscomb in our bracket, not just for the funny potential of the Tennessee Lipscomb Sweet 16 game, <laughs> yes. which that would be pretty fun. That would be fun. Or Belmont, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, but because those are two legitimately really good teams. Mm -hmm. Lipscomb has been in the top 50 of Ken Palm for about a month now, as has uh, Belmont been in the top 60. And I think it's pretty impressive that Belmont has been doing so well in their conference in the same year that Murray State, who's also in their conference, has what's widely assumed to be a top five pick on their roster. Hmm. Um, that's, you know, we've, we haven't talked much about John Morant from Murray State on Reed's Ranch, but he is somebody who I think would present a pretty interesting matchup in the first or second round for a team in Tennessee's bracket because Tennessee likely won't draw him as they're going to be a 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. uh, and also pretty curious to see New Mexico State or South Dakota State get in the bracket. Both of those are very good mid-major teams. Do you have any questions, <laughs> concerns, uh, comments? I do not. But Awesome. Well, shout out to John <laughs> for uh, all the content he's put out this weekend. Uh, loved 
the uh, reaction pod he did with Seth. You need to listen to it. They do this thing called Conspiracy Corner on there. Mm-hmm. Very funny stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think you would enjoy it quite a bit. I'm sure I would. Um, shout out to all the new patrons, uh, including three of my real life friends, which is nice. Nice. Um, and shout out to all the listeners. Uh, we hope to do this again. Mm-hmm. Carly, I hope you've had fun being a co-host. <laughs> it's been very fun. <laughs> thank you for <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank you for moderating and reading all the questions. Yes, I love to read out loud. So. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll look forward to talking to you guys again soon.